welcome to New Life Church Sermons. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to connect more with us, go to newlifesl.church. Revelation 19 verse 10 says, And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Today I want to share a thought with all of us titled, The Testimony of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit that is here. God, I thank you for each person that's gathered here today. And Lord, I ask that as the word goes forth, that it would ignite faith in each of us. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would resurrect in us what may be dead. That you, God, would ignite a fire in us, Lord Jesus, that may have been quenched. Lord, and I pray that we would move into what you are calling us to for your glory and for your purpose and will to be a Established here, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands to the Lord and give him some praise. Hallelujah, Lord. We glorify you in this house. We magnify your name, Jesus. You can be seated. I have been in services before. It's been a while, but I remember them like they were yesterday. Where they would sing a couple songs. And then it would begin. Testimony service. And they would begin to go. And like we're supposed to let our faith do, they would just let testimony service go. They'd let it go. People would be testifying for hours. And uh, their testimony would last about 30 minutes. And by the time they finished up, we forgot what God had delivered them from because they moved on to confession time. And so our faith went up and then back down. And it was, uh, it was well-meaning, well-intentioned, good motives. But uh, we got distracted with our problems and forgot about the testimony. Now, not to be all cliche, but isn't that just what the devil wants us to do? He knows that he can't cause us to, uh, you know, forget what God's done in our life if we're always thinking about it. So he tries to get us to focus on the problems, what's not working, instead of focusing on what is working. Uh, We get focused on what we still need to become, and we forget how far we have come. Amen. And so uh, that's the fastest way to get discouraged is to see all of your inadequacies and forget how God has worked in your life. But those testimony services, they could get long and they got kind of complicated. And then we had to figure out how to get service back on track. But it was a time for people to testify. Now, I'm not bringing a resolution before the church today to be voted on about whether or not we bring testimony service back in to our services because we don't need a certain designated time to testify. 
you can testify about how good God has been in your life anytime you want to. In fact, the level of your praise in a service is a good indicator of your testimony. Great praise is a symbol that God has done a work in your life. That he has brought you from some things that had you bound, but you're no longer bound. And you are free to lift your hands and worship. And you're not ashamed to lift your voice in a shout of praise to the Lord. So every breath you breathe is a testimony of the goodness of God in your life. The blessings in your life are a testimony of what God has done in your life. Your family with you today is a testimony of what God has done in your life. And even though you may not have family members with you today, that is just a testimony of what God is about to do in your family's life. Do you believe that? So I'm not here to be discouraged about what hasn't happened yet because I look back at what God has done and I know that if he's done it, then he is well able to do it again. And so each of us, though, have different pasts and none of us really want anyone to know about our past and that's a good thing, and neither does Jesus. That's why he shed his blood. The Bible says he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. That's all that shame that you don't want anyone to know about, all those things that you never want anyone to uh, allow to see come to the light of day. The blood of Jesus covered it and blotted it out and erased it like it never happened. And that takes place when you go down in the water of baptism in the name of Jesus. And your past has officially become your past. And even though each of us have different pasts, we all have the same testimony. And we would begin to question, well, do we? Because my past is different. Your past is different, but we all have the same testimony. Because regardless of where we've come from, in all of the roads that we've traveled on that have all led us to this same place, Regardless of where we've come from, we would not be here today if it wasn't simply for Jesus. So you may have come from one lifestyle, and you may have a different past than me, but regardless of the differences of our past, our present and our future is one in the same, and it's wrapped up in Jesus. So our testimony today is not the fact that God delivered you from drugs or alcohol or an immoral lifestyle. Our testimony today is despite all of that, I'm here today because of Jesus and I wouldn't be here today if it was not for Jesus. So our testimony is Jesus. In fact, when 
you begin to think back on who you used to be. And if you uh, are, are a human being like the rest of us, sometimes you'll get caught up in what you used to be and you'll allow the enemy to bring discouragement, despair, fear, doubt, insecurity, worry, anxiety, depression, hopelessness, in this feeling of quitting, all because you decided in your mind to go back through the blood, back to who you used to be, but Jesus made a fix-all for that. When you were baptized in his name, he made it possible that you don't have to bring who you used to be forward into your future. But the blood of Jesus is a bloodline that separates your past from who Jesus is desiring you to be now. And so our testimony is Jesus. Does anybody remember, though, just for a moment, where he's brought you from? Don't dwell on it too long. Don't think about it too much. But just for a moment, remember how you used to feel before Jesus Remember how you used to think before Jesus. Remember how hopeless and heavy and depressed and afraid and full of anxiety and despair your spirit used to be before Jesus. Hasn't he brought you a mighty long way? Well, we'll keep on preaching for a little bit longer. Acts 1.8 tells us on this, that he said, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. But we also read in Revelation 19.10 that it says specifically that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy, we understand automatically, is foretelling of future events. The majority of the book of Revelation is made up of foretelling, not fortune-telling, foretelling. But it is also made up, briefly, of what was, and in John's day, it also has recordings of what is in his day. And then from his day forward, the majority of it is made up of what will be. So we understand prophecy is speaking of future events. But there is another meaning of prophecy that means to declare or to utter. When you are speaking the word of God, there is a prophetic element to it. That even though you may not think of yourself as a prophet and you don't have to, there is a prophetic undertone in your mouth when you declare the word of God. Why? Because the word of God has the power to alter a person's future. And it's the ability to foretell a future what is to come. But the testimony of Jesus is also the spirit of prophecy, the ability to declare something that isn't yet, but it is about to be. 
not future events on a calendar, but the potential of lifestyle change in somebody. Why? Well, testimony in this verse is evidence given. And it stems from the same Greek word found in Acts 1 verse 8, witnesses. Those two words in Acts 1-8, witnesses, and the word testimony in Revelation 19-10 come from the same family of words, if you will. So in Acts 1-8, you shall be witnesses unto me. That individual person gives testimony of me when you are filled with the Holy Ghost. And so then we read in Revelation 19 verse 10 that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The, 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 the testimony of Jesus is the evidence of Jesus. That is the testimony of Jesus. In other words, if we were all to go into a courtroom and testify uh, on the bench before uh, the, the the people viewing and the judge and the attorneys and all of that, and we were to give our testimony. Each of us, because we're under oath, would have to tell about all the things we've done and who we used to be. Thank God we don't do that. But we would say that. But then at the end, the prosecutor would ask the question, but what changed? And one person after the other, all our testimonies would begin to channel into one common theme, Jesus. This person used to be a drug addict, but Jesus. This person used to be bound in an immoral lifestyle, but Jesus. This person was a murderer, but Jesus. This person was filled with bitterness and hate, but Jesus. This person seemed to be a good moral person, but they were still dead in their trespasses and sins, but Jesus. And all of a sudden, each of our individual testimonies would begin to come in unison into one big anthem, Jesus. For the evidence given in our life about the change we've experienced all points to one person, Jesus. So our testimony is this, giving evidence of Jesus. And our testimony of giving evidence of Jesus is you. You are the testimony of Jesus. For if you are allowing God to change your life for the better, every way, you, everywhere you go, every word you speak, how you live, how you treat others, everywhere you go is this. You're just simply testifying of Jesus. You don't even have to open your mouth to give testimony of Jesus. There's something different about you. Why? Because you received power after the Holy Ghost came upon you and now you are giving witness of Jesus. Do you believe that? Are you thankful for that? 
I don't want to go back to who I used to be. I have a long way to go, but I'm encouraged because of where he's brought me from gives me faith that I can go all the way, that I can endure unto the end, that he that has begun a good work in me is able to perform it, perfect it, and finish it to the end. Do you believe that? Somebody shout amen. Here's the revelation, though. We, we like, it feels good. It feels good in here, I think. And we like all this, and we feel good. But now, let's, let's bring it all together. Yes, we are the testimony of Jesus. We are a testimony of Jesus. We are a literal a piece of evidence, proof, undeniable proof, that Jesus can take a life and turn it around. That's my testimony. That's your testimony. I don't know, I don't need to know who you used to be to know that Jesus is doing a powerful work in your life and he can take you all the way. But however, we need the second part of this statement. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Which even though, as we've said one meaning of this statement is referring to foretelling. But it also affects our present. And it also affects where we are now. Because of this, your testimony of what Jesus did in your life is a prophecy in someone else's. What Jesus has done in your past and is doing in your present is a prophecy of what Jesus can do in somebody else's future. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In fact, each of you have, have just a trace of a prophetic anointing on you because of the fact if you have been spirit-filled, you are a beacon of light and hope that regardless of where that person has come from, they have hope because of Jesus. Why? Because if he did it for you, he can do it for them. If he did it, then he can do it again. And so when we uh, get this revelation of this fact, when you are witnessing to somebody, you are prophesying over their future. When somebody looks at you and says, why is there such a change? I don't understand it. Your testimony is Jesus, and your prophetic word for them is Jesus can do it for you too. It's undeniable in my life what Jesus is doing. And because you see that it's undeniable, I'm here to tell you that because he did it for me, he can do it for you also. If he has brought other people's loved ones to God or back to God, he can also do it for your loved ones.
If he has restored somebody else's marriage, he can restore your marriage also. If he has healed countless people throughout generations, he is well able today to heal your body, to heal your mind, to heal your emotions. Why? Because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so when somebody hears a testimony of what God has done in their life and it sparks hope in their spirit, they begin to have faith that because Jesus did it for them, he can do it for me too. And then all of a sudden, who they used to be, they're on their way out. All of a sudden, that depression begins to leave their mind mind all of a sudden that pain begins to leave their body why because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy so if you believe that today prophesy over your family they may not be here today but he's brought other families to God he can bring your family to God prophesy speak it declare it and believe it People have experienced revival in their neighborhoods where they have won their neighbors on each side of their house. And now those people are sitting in a church worshiping God, born again, people of God. If he did it for them, he can use you to reach your neighborhood. He can use you to reach the hardest of heart. Why? Because if he did it then, he can do it again. he delivered me he can deliver you it doesn't matter your problem you just have to believe the solution because each of us have had different problems but it's the same solution that has got us where we are today so we don't focus on the problem we focus on the solution and if it's Jesus that can heal, I believe him. If it's Jesus that can deliver, I'm pouring my heart out to him. If it's Jesus that can restore me, I'm going to praise him until I'm restored. You can leave here today different than how you came simply because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy and I am declaring to you that regardless of what you came in here with, it is possible to leave different because of Jesus. Does anybody believe this today? We feel the moving of the Spirit. We sense that it's getting deep into some people's hearts. But the change begins when what we feel on the inside, we respond to it without hesitation. The woman with the issue of blood had had the same problem for 12 years. She went to every doctor to try to figure out what can be done about this. Spent all her money and she said within herself if I can touch the hem of his garment I'll be made whole but she wasn't made whole until she acted on what she said within 
So we may be feeling a stirring in our spirit. We may be feeling a prayer in our heart. We may be feeling a praise beginning to stir in our spirit. Something that is trying to move us to be activated and to see God do in our life right now what he is able to do, what he is willing to do. But if we just keep it inside and we never act on it, we will continue with the same problems. The woman with the issue of blood did not experience her miracle until she acted on what she said within. I'm just going to use this as an example because it's one of those things where you believe and you, you expect it. And then when it happens, you're like, that's cool. Wow, it really did happen. So I guess I had a little bit of unbelief. I believed for it, but I didn't quite expect it as much as I thought I did. What is going to cause the roof to blow off this place, spiritually speaking, is not just faith that he can, but expectation that he will. And I feel that there's a lot of people here today that for years you believe that he can. But God is ready to transition us to expect that he will. It's okay to expect God to do what he says because he's not a man that he should lie. It's okay to expect God to perform his promises in your life because he promised them to you. And he's not going to say things to you just to get you to praise him and then take his word back from you after you give him what he wants. No, if God promised you something, you can take it to the bank and expect it to come to pass. And so as we wrap up here, Thursday night, we uh, had a great time. In, in service, uh, just a great time of fellowship, studying the word, and we go home, and on our way home, <clears throat> Everett's stomach begins to hurt, and he begins to cry, and like, not just whine, but cry, tears, big tears, just flowing, and we're driving, so you're like, kind of helpless, and it's frustrating, because you're like, just want to, you know, take the pain away, like, just, just like that, you know, and, uh, and so his stomach was just hurting really bad, he's crying, sobbing, and we go to the uh, store on the way home to get something to hopefully maybe make the pain go away whatever it's nausea I don't know but uh, he just said my tummy hurts and so we don't really know what that means so we're just like you know trying to diagnose and uh, we get to the store and he's crying and, and my wife goes in to get the the, the medicine and I just I'm like well you know I'm just sitting here so I may as well do something so I pray and I said, let's, let's pray for your, for, your, for your tummy. And we pray. And that, that you know, that was it. We, we do it. And he begins to calm down a little bit or whatever. And, and my wife get, comes back with the medicine. She's like, here, let's take this. And everybody's like, no, no. Jesus is going to touch my tummy. Yeah. If we have childlike faith, we're going to see what we want. See? See, we were like, we go get, and, and I, this is how it is as human beings, okay? So I'm not trying to, whatever, I'm just saying how it is. I mean, this is us as people. This is how I do it. So I'll just speak for myself. I have a headache. Jesus' name, touch my head. 
30 seconds. Ah, I need the Advil. 30 seconds. Jesus is like, <laughs> okay. Everett's like, no, Jesus is going to heal my, my stomach. And we're like, okay, well, I'm inspired. So I drive home. We get it in the house. We walk upstairs. Perfectly fine. He's, no, no tears, no pain. Does your stomach hurt? No, I feel bad. What happened? He gave, Everett gave me the credit. And I was like, no, I mean, it's, it's, I didn't do anything. He's like, Daddy, touch my stomach. I'm like, no, it wasn't. He, we're, so we're trying to educate on that part, too. I didn't take the glory, so just want you to know. I was like, yes, worship me. No, I didn't do that. Um, however, I believe, because all evidence points to it, that Jesus took the pain out of my son's stomach. And a three-year-old boy has enough faith to say, no, I'm not going to try this yet because I want to give Jesus a shot. What in the world is wrong with me? <laughs> so what I'm here today to say, if he can touch his stomach ache he can touch your back ache if he can heal his stomach ache he can heal your headache if he can touch my son he can touch your family physical emotional spiritual it doesn't matter because if he did it for him he can do it for you and if he did it then he is well able to do it again so do you expect Jesus to do in your life what he's done for others you just praise him you just expect it lord i receive right now what you're going to do in my life worship him for a moment praise him for a moment begin to expect god to fulfill every promise begin to expect god to bring those family members back to god this summer I'm just going to prophesy, this summer is the summer that backsliders are coming back to God. Your husbands, your wives, your sons, your daughters, your family members, some are going to come back to God this summer. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. He's brought them back before and he's going to do it again. Whatever your need is today, whatever issue you have been battling today, I'm asking you to simply come to this front and pray with expectation that when you leave here today, things will be different than how they were when you came in. These altars are open right now. Is there anybody that has expectation, not hoping that God will move, but expecting God to move? And I'm not leaving here, God, until something changes. I'm not leaving here, God, until the depression I've been battling is broken. I'm not leaving here, God, until my spirit has been lifted. I'm not leaving here today, Jesus, until what you've promised me you're going to bring to pass. Would you lift your voice in this house right now with expectation not wishful thinking but expectation
see yourself being healed. See your family members in the altar right now. They may not be here right now, but see them here anyway and pray with expectation. I will not be discouraged about what has not happened yet because I know how far Jesus has brought me so far. Find somebody and pray with them. Bind together in prayer. Let your faith set the atmosphere. Let your expectation right now stir something in the spirit realm. God, I pray right now that your spirit would move in this house.